it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is, but it's Paul Gleiser filling in for Jimmy today, saying to you, how was your Christmas? What did Santa bring you that you're proud of? What are you going to re-gift? What are you going to take back? We know you didn't get a lump of coal in your stocking because Biden closed the coal mine. So I hope you got what you wanted, and more important, I hope you spent it in a way that uh, recharged your spirit, strengthened your faith that although things are a mess, they're going to work out in the end. Things are a mess. Toward that end, a story that played out as we were all running around trying to button down the loose ends right before Christmas caused me to think uh, of, uh, of the story in terms of an imaginary conversation with my wife. I want you to imagine coming home one day to find your spouse waiting for you. You walk in, you say, hi, honey, how was your day? And he or she, in my case, she, says, fine, how was yours? And I say, oh, it was great. I bought a house today. And she says, you what? You say, I bought a house. And she says, where? You say, I don't know. You don't know? Well, well, how big is it? Well, it's big. Well, how many bedrooms, she asks. I don't know. Well, what's the kitchen like? I don't know. What school district is it in? Uh, I don't know that either. Well, how much did you pay for it? Oh, I know that, $1.7 million. Well, honey, we don't have $1.7 million. Oh, that's okay. I borrowed it. And she says, well, we can't afford the payments on $1.7 million. And you say, I say, well, that's okay, too, because we're going to borrow the money to make the payments. Now, as ridiculous as that imaginary conversation sounds, it pretty much mirrors what happened in real life in the United States Congress right before Christmas. I want you to let that fictional conversation sink in, and I want to hear from you at 888 888- 788-9910. Give us a call. 888-788-9910. I'm Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon. I want to hear from you today. Without knowing what was in a 4,100-page, $1.7 trillion spending bill, Congress voted to pass it anyway. Now, I say without knowing, every member who contributed some knew the pork that he or she stuck in it, but not a single person, I promise you, no one who voted for it knew everything that was in it. No way. It's not possible. Imagine if you were to, uh, the bill was given, came out and had to be voted on within 48 hours. It came right at the last minute. Imagine if you had 48 hours to read, say, a 500-page novel. You couldn't get it done. There's no way you could get it done, not eat, sleep, go to the bathroom, do everything else you have to do. There's no way you could read a 500-page novel. novel. How are you going to read 4,155 pages in about 36 hours? $1.7 trillion worth of spending on a 4,100-page list of line items, the majority of which had little, if any, real connection to the constitutionally defined duties and functions of the federal government. It's all going to be funded with borrowed money, as will the interest payments on that borrowed money. It's like you've got a cash advance on the MasterCard in order to make minimum payment on the MasterCard. You went and got a cash advance on the Visa. That's how we're going to pay for it. Six Republicans in the House voted for this thing, as did 18 Republicans in the Senate, including, I am sad to say, one of the two senators from my state here in Texas, the Honorable John Cornyn, voted for this thing. Now, if I told my wife 
If you go tell your husband or go tell your wife that you bought a $1.7 million house without knowing where it was, what school district it's in, where your kids will be going to school, how many bedrooms, what architectural style, what the kitchen, backyard, the landscaping all look like, he, she would kill you. My wife would certainly kill me, and rightfully so. It would be completely irresponsible to do that. But Congress just did it. And they did it in the 11th hour before Christmas in the hope that you wouldn't notice. It's what they call an omnibus spending bill. Anytime you get a big label, a word coming out of Congress, be be wary. An omnibus bill takes the place of the 12 separate budget bills from from 12 separate appropriation subcommittees covering each of the 12 areas of government that Congress has divided it up into and is supposed to pass it every year by the by the last day in September. And they haven't done that for most of the past four decades. The most recent time that they actually passed a bill in what's called an appropriation set of appropriation bills in what they call regular order, the last time that happened was 1997, Bill Clinton was president. And while it's very probably true that every member of Congress who voted for this omnibus monstrosity knew some of what was in it, it's absolutely certain that not a single member of Congress, 435 members in the House, 100 members in the Senate, it is a certainty that not a single one of them knew everything that was in the bill, and yet they voted for it. Not all of them, but it passed. Absolutely, the Democrats who larded the bill up with a bunch of okey wokey social justice grievance industry spending using your money knew parts of what was in it. Thanks to the Heritage Foundation, we know too. Here are some choice examples. Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon covered some of these last week. Here we go. It's a partial list, but an informative one. $1.2 million for LGBTQIA plus pride centers. I have no idea what that is, but there goes $1.2 million of your money. $1.2 million for services for DACA recipients at San Diego Community College. I don't know what services, but $1.2 million, gone. $477,000 for the Equity Institute in Rhode Island to indoctrinate teachers with anti-racism virtual labs. Not a lot to do um, with uh, math and reading, both subjects in which the United States lags the developed world. But uh, $477,000 to tell teachers that if they or any of their students were born of European descent and have white skin, they are, by definition, inherently irredeemably racist. Because that's what all that means. $1.0 million for Zora's house in Ohio, a quote-unquote co-working and community space for Wender, women and gender expansive people of color. I don't know what gender expansive is. I, I guess I could guess. $3 million for the American LGBTQ plus museum in New York City. There you are in New York on your trip. Honey, Museum of Modern Art, uh, Museum of, of American History, or do we want to go to the American LGBTQ plus museum? Which of uh, such a hard choice. million for the Michelle Obama Trail in Georgia. How has Georgia gotten along this 
far and come for all these years, all the way from Reconstruction, without a Michelle Obama trail for $3.6 million of your money. $750,000 for LGBT and gender nonconforming housing in Albany, New York. $2 million for the Great Blacks in Wax Wax Museum in Baltimore. $856,000 for the LGBT Center in New York, I guess to go along with the American LGBTQ Plus Museum in New York. $750,000 for the Trans-Latin Coalition to provide, this is a quote, workforce development programs and supportive services for transgender and gender nonconforming and intersex immigrant women in Los Angeles, end quote. That's a partial list, a lot of it having to do with LGBTQIA and on and on. I bear these, I bear anybody who identifies that way, no malice. But if you, but if you look at this spending bill, you would think half the population is affected by it. When Gallup will tell you that somewhere between three and a half and seven percent of Americans identify as, as lesbian, bi or, or gay. And yet we have line after line after line of spending of your money. A million here and a million there is a, in a 4,100-page bill filled with thousands of lines of such millions here and millions there, all aimed at a small but politically potent subset of the total American population. And pretty soon you can come to understand why the greatest country in the world is, almost, is also the most indebted country in the world to the tune of $31 trillion in growing. Now, you've got to get some scale on this. $1.7 trillion is our imaginary house times 1,000 squared. If you owed $1.7 million and paid it back at the rate of a dollar a minute, I ran this math, you paid it back at the rate of a dollar a minute, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year, it'd take you about three years and three months to pay that debt off. Scale it up to $1.7 trillion, pay it back at the same rate, and you'll be paying on it for more than 3,200 years. Okay, so, and let's go back to our imaginary house, then man and wife. As upset as she is, just wait until he tells her that the house has no front door. Anyone who wants to can just walk in. That's precisely what every Democrat and 24 Republicans between the House and the Senate did. This omnibus spending bill monstrosity contains spending authorization for the Customs and Border Protection Agency, but it specifically prohibits spending any of that money on increasing border security and stopping illegal immigration. Here's Texas uh, Congressman Pat Fallon, cut 10. There was nearly a half a billion dollars for securing the border in countries like Egypt and Jordan and Oman and nothing for, you know, for our border. It did include $800 million to shelter illegals and also hundreds of millions of dollars for the NGOs that have helped facilitate this catastrophe. The funding for ICE enforcement and removal was flat and it was it woefully underfunded the Customs and Border Patrol. I mean, Jason, this problem is about a thousand percent worse than it was under President Trump. 24 Republicans who will send out fundraising appeals based on the illegal immigration catastrophe that's playing out in real time, even as you and I speak today, voted I on a bill that makes illegal immigration easier. This is not how a great country operates. This is not the hallmark of a serious people. This is pure lunacy. Nobody should have voted for this bill, least of all any Republican. 
You want to know how a guy like Donald Trump can gain traction? Look no further. This is the swamp at its fetid worst. And nevertheless, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell hailed the passage of this monstrosity, saying, this is a quote, this is a strong outcome for Republicans, and much more importantly, it's the outcome that our nation's security needs, end quote. Well, Senator, i got to tell you something. A bankrupt nation, which is exactly where leadership like yours is taking us, is anything but secure. So what do you think about all of this? <clears throat> Pardon me, 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. That's all pretty heavy stuff. Let's lighten the mood a little bit with what I call the bonus question. I set it up at the top of this monologue. I'm serious about it. I want to hear from you. What was your best Christmas gift this year? What did you get? You say, wow, that was cool. And what are you going to re-gift? I promise you we will protect your anonymity. 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. We'll continue the show after this. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of this is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. It's Paul Gleiser sending in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America and taking your calls at 888-788-9910. I write a weekly column uh, at my at, at here at my radio station, a proud, you tell me, uh, a proud uh, Fox Across America affiliate, uh, KTBB. It's called You Tell Me Texas. I hope you'll subscribe, youtellmetexas.com. Rob uh, from Rhode Island uh, sends via You Tell Me Texas that the two safest votes in Congress are against something that will pass, and four, something that will fail, which means that Texas Senator John Cornyn cast a very unsafe vote. He voted for something that passed that Republicans, Republicans like me, would never have voted for. Most Republicans didn't. Want to hear from you, 888-788-9910. Bruce in Springfield, uh, Missouri, you're up first. Uh, is Missouri or Massachusetts? Bruce... Bruce in Springfield, I'm, I'm, Illinois. Bruce in Springfield, you're up on Fox Across America. We'll pin you down. Where are you, Bruce? What's on your mind? I'm in Springfield, Illinois, and I'll tell you what. The, this budget, the, the whole government, I love this country. I was in the military. I'm a long history of military people. Um, but I love the country, but I hate our government. I, I hate how it works. Um, I, don't, I, I'm, I don't care who's in power seems like whoever's in power does the wrong thing and it's just to stay in power this this budget thing was absolutely ridiculous uh the, the way it was passed you know realistically i think it should have just had like a temporary measure to hold over till maybe february and give the new congress a chance to do their job and see how it turned out but i understand why it was done because the only way this would have got passed i think is with the uh full support of all the Democrats on both sides of the aisle, uh, I well, mean, well, in both houses. So. Let me tell you, tell you how this how this works, Bruce. Uh, you know, you, um, you you come up against one of these deadlines, 
and Republicans, for principled reasons, dig in and say, we can't do this anymore. This is crazy. The government shuts down. And then, then ABC runs a story of some, of some uh, of a classroom of kids from a, from a minority school district that were on their way to Washington to see the Air and Space Museum. And now they can't go in because uh, the museum is closed, because the government is shut down. And this illustrates how Republicans' recalcitrance and how their, how their um, uh, stonewalling is disproportionately affecting minorities. That's how the story will play, and Republicans, as a consequence, won't, won't take a stand. And it happens every time. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. But you know what? Where we're at, we, we, we got here by enjoying the, the easy way. You know, it's going to take pain to fix things. We're, uh, we we can't we can't walk out of this. It's going to hurt to fix things. It's absolutely true. Absolutely true. If people want to save this country, they've got to be willing to suffer a little bit. And uh, other than that, it's just going to keep going in a spiral. And there are days I think I wake up out of it in a dream or something where this country just gone crazy with uh, with 500 genders we have to recognize now, with everybody being a victim, with no one. Wanting to, if you stand up to something, you get shut down, or you get canceled, or you get pushed away. You know, it's it. It just seems like a nightmare. I woke up in. And how about just, if you? How sad. about if? How about if you say that we cannot? We cannot let five million unvetted immigrants into the country. You get yeah, called a racist. If you think about it, we've just been invaded by the largest invading army that's ever existed. Yeah, it's if those, a, if twenty. The, if, if those. If those people had 10% of the guns that are in this country, we would be we would be subdued and we would be under under uh, somebody else's rule by now. Well, it's, tw- it's which, 20. Which, it, it's it's you say it's an invasion. It's a force 20 yeah. times greater than that with which went ashore uh, on D-Day, June 6, 1944, the largest amphibious invasion in history. Yeah. It's 20 the only times thing more. We're blessed with they're not all walking across with 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 30 round magazines. That's the only thing I can say. That's true. They're not, but plenty of them. You know, if if the same proportion the same proportion is criminal as is the general population in the United States is criminal. I forget the number. It's what three? I did it. I did the math last week. Three hundred thousand uh, criminals we've imported. I mean, it three hundred yeah. three hundred thousand criminals. If it's just the same proportion, plus all the fentanyl, and plus the thing is, we can't keep spending like this and we can't keep running the government like this and yet 18 senate republicans voted to do just that that is absolutely and insane and you keep and doing i think this. they should be removed from office uh, well we, but. but we keep voting those guys in hey bruce i appreciate you you have Bye. a have Good a happy day. new year and a safe one it's paul gleiser uh, sitting in for jimmy Fallon here at fox across america i want to hear from you 888 888- 788-9910-888-788-9910. More of the shows coming up after the bottom of the hour break. I hope you'll uh, stick around. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share.
Oh, yes, it is. Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser from KTBB, Tyler Longview, Texas. Filling in for Jimmy. He's on vacation this week. I'm listening to you at 888-788-9910. We're in Arp, Texas, not far from where I'm sitting. It's Roy next on Fox Across America. Hello, Roy. Hello there. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. You too, sir. Hey, one thing, the uh, I think that you really enjoy sitting in for for uh, for for Jimmy. Well, it, I do. It just, show, it just comes across in your voice. Well, thank you. <laughs> and about the about the spending, you are so right. I would have been killed. We're doing something like that. Well, yeah, hey, Roy, let's scale it down. I thought of this during the break. Let's say it's not a house. It's a little preposterous. This is actually plausible. You went and bought a car, but you don't know what kind of car you bought. You don't know how many miles are on it, what year it is, you know, what color it is, what appointments it has. You bought a car. You tell your wife I bought a car. Imagine. Yeah, I, I know. I But now, now the crazy thing is that I lost my wife last year, but the uh, but yeah, I would have been killed. I, I really would have, but I would have done the same thing had it been reversed. Of course, of course, because you got to be responsible, and we keep doing this, and yeah, and we keep voting we, we, for we, these we, guys. We, we, as a, we as a country have got to just about. Sweep everybody. There's only about five or six people out of that 535 that play around up there in, in the swamp. The, uh, but I'm willing to to lose those. I think we need to just just sweep everyone out and start over. Well, here's it, the it, thing. That's hard to say. That's hard to say. But the doggone, it is so ingrained that. That we almost need to do that. Just, just, just to. I'm not talking about a revolution. I'm talking about sweeping out the the, the, the old clowns and and just getting new ones. But I'm not sure just how to legally do it. Well, I'll tell you how to legally do it. It's very simple. We have the we have the capacity to do that right now. Next election day, next primary, vote. Right. Yeah, we can't. We the thing. The thing that sends me up the wall is we keep voting these guys in, and I'm oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the radio right now here and I'm sitting here in Texas, and I'm gonna say how incredibly dis and you are too, uh, Roy, how incredibly disappointed I am in Texas Senator John Cornyn for voting for this oh, horror. Absolutely, absolutely. The, and that's a, that's a sad state of affairs. And and you're absolutely right that uh, there is no one. I don't care how fast of a speed reader you are, there is no one that can get through forty one hundred plus pages uh, in in uh, forty eight hours. No, can't There's be no done. Way. It cannot. It cannot be done. And not a single and, person. And, not, and, not a, go ahead. You you are absolutely correct in that. It's total lunacy, and it, sometime or another, I would like to call you and give you a what I just came up with in the last couple of days about the possibility and probability of something happening. Would that be satisfactory? Yeah, you, you're in the area here, uh, Roy. You know how to do that. Listen, yeah. appreciate your call. I hope you have a happy new year. 
and uh, and make it a safe one. That frees up a line at 888-788-9910. Still in East Texas, Ronnie and Tyler, you're next on Fox Across America. Hello, Ronnie. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on. Hey, I just want to comment that, you know, we've, we've listened for two years on what we're going to do when we get control and all that, and it just keeps following uh, and so repetitive that once, once the change does happen, we just keep following the, the, the lead that we already have, and it's just uh, – I've been voting since I was able to vote, and I'm 56, and it's just – it's kind of uh, – overwhelming when you do go to the poll i do look at the candidates and uh investigate and and look into them and stuff like that but it is just sickening whenever you do go vote and it, and and you do do a little bit of change and then it and then it just you know continue uh uh same rule of business i guess you'd say well, you know, if you'll recall, jump in the Wayback Machine. It's not that far way back, but jump in the Wayback Machine. We were told that, you know, in order to get rid of Obamacare, we needed to, we needed to take the, uh, the House. And so we, we gave, Republicans turned it and gave the GOP the House. They said, well, we can't do anything without the Senate. So we gave them the Senate. And so now they have the House and the Senate. So now you can repeal Obamacare. Well, no, 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 no. We can't really do anything. We've got we've got Obama in the White House. We've got to take the White House. And so we put a Republican, we put Donald Trump in the White House. And we had, for the first two years of Trump's presidency, we had the House, the Senate, and the presidency, and Obamacare is still on the books. I know. They wouldn't even get behind their own party, you know, regardless who it is. I understand that. You, you know, and he talks right or, or, or talks wrong or you don't like his comments or whatever, but... My goodness, it's a, it's that's been the only relief we've had in uh, what three terms of presidency before that, you know. We well, know the Senate, uh, the, the Senate majority whip, the Senate majority whip during that time was John Cornyn from Texas. The whip's job mm-hmm. is to is to is whip the vote to get the get the party to vote. He after. After campaigning on, after running the senatorial campaign, that that cycle on getting rid of Obamacare, when it came time to do it, he couldn't deliver the votes. Right. And right. Obamacare and, is and still my, on the books. And this is, this is what happens. Yeah. And it, the Republicans are their own worst enemies. The, the, the Democrats are right. not the enemy. It's squishy Republicans are the problem. Yes, yes. And and my other concern is, uh, which I always vote local too. But our, I mean, it seems like it. You know, it always starts at the bottom: the school board, the city, the uh, any type of uh, voting entity. Uh, you know, we have these big dreams, but you know, it's kind of like a uh, uh, like like our county that we're in right now. We voted for. Uh, you know, they don't save money; they just put it out there to people, and a few people vote for a new courthouse we're going to build downtown we got to build a you know a parking garage we got to do this and all that when our infrastructure is falling apart because it's been in the ground for 60 70 years you know and uh you know the well, schools but, they, but, they're, they're not teaching anything but they're we got to have astro turf we got to keep up with all the joneses 
you know. So yeah, we also have we're we're also voting we're, we're voting public money for LGBTQ pride centers, yeah. and we're voting money to teach to teach teachers how to tell children that they were born racist. We're spending money on things that have nothing to do with actually carrying out the constitutional functions of the federal government, and we wonder why we're thirty. Two trillion dollars in debt. Listen, I appreciate yeah. your call. That frees up a line. Eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. Let's stay in East Texas. It's Chris next in Longview here on Fox Across America. Hi, Paul. Talk to with you. With me, Chris. Hey. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got Chris. Great to have you, Chris. Thank you. I've spoken to you once before, and somewhat ironically enough, my call had to do with how our own Republican incumbents seem to be our biggest enemy. And here we have it again. I even brought up John Cornyn. I said, where is John Cornyn on our southern border? I've not seen him speak about it at all. And here he goes. To be fair, he to be fair, he has. He, he has. Okay, he has said the right good. thing. He said he has said the right things about the southern border. Uh, you know, uh, I've got to be ultimately fair to him. I just don't understand by if you haven't read the bill and you don't know what's in it, and you and and it shoves us deeper into debt, spending money on things that we can't afford. Why do you vote for it? Who? What was your motivation, Senator, and you and your 17 Republican colleagues? Why did you vote for this thing? Correct. I understand. And, you know, I don't get my news from TV. That's where he may have uh, presented himself. I get all my news from AM radio. It's the only place to get news, in my opinion. But with that, and I'll let you go. With that, he also supported kind of behind the scenes with the Bushes and others Big donations to Mikowski, I think it is, up in Alaska, which is someone we did not want. I don't understand why uh, our senator leans the way he does when the voting constituency that puts him in office, hands down, does not want some of the things he gets himself involved in. But with that, I'll let you go. Our incumbents are something to concentrate on. we got to get new blood in office we, we really do so. well we go from this part of the from this part of the world we're sending some we're sending a guy to congress named nathaniel moran i have high hopes for him he's taking the place of pretty high profile guy louis gomert and i we're, we're hoping that nathaniel is the kind of guy that uh, that will think the way we do and and act on this stuff i'm just saying i just wouldn't have voted for this thing and i wouldn't i appreciate your call chris i wouldn't have voted for this thing and i wouldn't be intimidated by what the media is going to say about me because i'm a republican the media is not going to ever say anything good about me because i'm a republican you cannot play to the media and be a conservative republican at the same time you got to pick one or the other if you're afraid you're going to be blamed for shutting down the government because you wouldn't vote for a pork-laden bill that does a whole bunch of things that don't need don't need being done spending money that we don't have and and if you're afraid of the consequences of saying no i'm not going to vote for that and the government shutting down then then you then you you don't have the capacity to be in the position that you're in you have to make the hard choices 
And I promise you, uh, the media will go after you if you if you take a stand like I'm not voting for this thing. But the media is not the person that vo- not who votes for you. It, the media doesn't hire and fire the members of Congress. The people in the respective states and the respective districts do. And if you really, really want to be a leader, stand up and act like one and make the tough choices instead of doing what we keep doing year after year after year, passing these continuing resolutions and these omnibus bills, plunging, plunging us deeper and deeper into debt. I will, I will survive the country being $32 trillion in debt. I'm worried about my two daughters. I got one that just graduated college. She's starting her, her professional career. Her work life, her adult life is beginning. I don't want her laden with a country that can't pay its bills where opportunity will be curtailed because we have simply squandered all the capital necessary to create opportunity. And that's where we're headed as a nation, and it will not work. And why these guys can't figure that out? And how in the world do you vote for something that you haven't read? What are we paying you to do? What do you think about all of this? 888-788-9910. And listen, on a lighter note, um, bonus question, we haven't addressed it yet here in the first hour. What did you get for Christmas that was cool, and what are you going to re-gift? What did, what did you get? You look at it and you go, oh, well, I can pass this along to somebody. What are you going to return? What did you get? You're saying to yourself, no way. This is not going to survive. I'm going to take it back. 888-788-9910. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America. Don't go away. The show that leaves you without hope or change. I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here at Fox Across America, wanting to hear from you at 888 888- 788-9910. We have time for a call before the top. Here's Joanne in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. Hello, Joanne. Hi. I wanted to ask what people think about our politicians. You there? Yeah. About our politicians, both the House of Representatives and the Senate, not wanting to stay in Washington. To listen to read that bill thoroughly before they voted. I worked as a nurse. We worked holidays. We worked Christmas. We worked New Year's. But these politicians want to just run home. They don't want to read the bill. They just want to get home, and then they vote for it. And we have to brunt the, the results of it with all kinds of bad outcomes. Well, Joanne, well, Joanne, it's a great thought, and here, here are two answers to what you just said. Number one, if they if they waited till the last minute to fund the government, then sorry, you guys waited till the last minute. You got to stay and read the bill. But here's how to avoid waiting to the last minute: pass appropriations bills in regular order, the way the Congress is supposed to, the way it's set up in the in the Constitution. The Congress has the the House, which uh, in which all spending bills must originate, has broken the government up into 12 pieces and the and each appropriations subcommittee is responsible for putting together the spending plan and you vote on each appropriations bill each of 12 individually by the end of September 
of every year so that you have a budget for the federal government for the coming fiscal year, which runs October 1 through September 30th. That's how it's supposed to be done, and that's what we're paying these men and women to do. And instead of doing that, they pass continuing resolutions and omnibus bills, and they don't sit down and and debate and make the hard choices that every household has to make, that every small business has to make, that every big business has to make. You have to sit down and say, what are our spending priorities? What must we spend what would it, what would we like to spend, and what can we just simply not spend even though we want to? Everybody does that. The government ought to be able to do the same thing, and, and the people we elect to represent us ought to be able to do that. It's what we're paying them to do, and yet they don't. I agree, and that's the sad part. We're paying them, and they don't do it. We do our jobs as citizens, middle class, working hard. They don't do theirs. Yes, you're doing your job. I'm doing my job. We're paying our taxes. If we don't do our jobs, there is no tax money. They can't tax. They can't tax us if we don't work and don't and don't generate the income from which they draw the taxes. We're do, we're doing the work of the country. I'm a I'm an entrepreneur broadcaster. I own these. I own radio stations here in East Texas, where I'm sitting right now. I'm a small business owner. My advertising clients are, for the most part small business owners and and those people those good hard-working people are the very backbone of the united states economy they are the very source of the prosperity that we enjoy and we treat them terribly and we don't have enough respect to do at the national level at our government what they must do every month every week every year which is make a decision on what can we afford to spend and what is the priority and what can we not? It's everybody has to do it, and somehow our government can't. Listen, Joanne, I appreciate your call, and I hope you have a safe and happy new year, and thank you for your hard work as a nurse. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela here on Fox Across America, 888-788-9910. If you'd like to be a part of the program, 888-788-9910. More of the program's coming up after the top of the hour. I do hope you'll stay with us. There's more show to come. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Absolutely it is. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy this uh, today. Jimmy's out this week. He'll return uh, next week as we start off the new year. Meanwhile, I'm taking your calls at 888-788-9910. We've been talking about the $1.7 trillion, with a T, uh, omnibus spending bill that got voted on with nobody having read it. Throw into that mix, we're talking about dysfunctional government, our southern border. Governor Abbott of the state of Texas. My governor, I'm coming to you from East Texas, from KTBB, town of Longview, Texas. Governor Abbott uh, bust about 100 illegal migrants uh, to head to New York. The weather, the, the, the storm in the northeast caused those migrants to have to be rerouted to Washington, D.C., where they were dropped off outside the Naval Naval Observatory, which is where Vice President Kamala Harris lives. The Vice President lives at the Naval Observatory in Washington. Of course, the, the Democrats came down with a severe case of the vapors. The media set their hair on fire because, oh my goodness, it was cold in Washington. How could 
Governor Abbott be so cruel as to deliver them into such frigid temperatures? Well, number one, it was frigid in Texas at the time. A very, very cold air mass came swooping through Texas. Wasn't any warmer here than it was there. Matter of fact, Texas had temperatures that were lower than Fairbanks, Alaska over the Christmas break. That's number one. Number two, if you don't want a bunch of migrants that have to be taken somewhere, don't let them in in the first place. The problem is not that that Governor Abbott or Ron DeSantis or any other governor sent illegal migrants off somewhere to be settled by someplace other than the states they're overwhelming. That's not the problem. The problem is that they're being encouraged to come into the country illegally in the first place and that we won't control the border. We can talk about that too. 888-788-9910. Carol Ann in Westfield, Indiana. You're next on Fox Across America. Hello. Paul, Happy New Year. You too. I'm a Texan. We've, we've lived in Wichita Falls and Pasadena, so I, I get to claim a little bit of Texas. Okay, well, all right. So you got you got some tech, you have some Texas coursing through you. Good for you. That's What's on great. your mind, Caroline? We were thinking about moving back to Texas, but after Cornyn pulled that stunt, I'm not so sure I want to do that. Anyway, what we did this year for Christmas... Uh, first of all, we do support our local businesses the rest of the year, but we send out texts to all of our friends and family with whom we normally exchange Christmas gifts. And in that text, we gave them a list of charities and said, if you really want to make us happy at Christmas, donate to one of these charities. And God love them. Well, they there all you did. go. And we don't. Well, there you go. And, and, you know, and, and not, gets too much stuff anyway, so. Nothing to return, nothing to to sit around while you contemplate. What am I going to do with that? Um, yeah, nothing and, to no, no, nothing I, to insincerely yeah. insincerely thank Uncle Ralph for because um, it's get out not insincere. That's a, put on the shelf when they come to visit. There you go. That's a it's a great plan, <laughs> Carolyn. It, it really is, you know, and and it illustrates the fact that I'm. Americans are charitable by by our by our DNA. We are a charitable, generous lot. Good for you. And we didn't get a single person that said, "Oh no, that's a stupid idea." Everybody bought in. Your whole circle bought Everybody in. Everybody bought into it. You betcha. Well, that's Let's great news, Carolyn. Well, listen. We can't choose our family, but we can choose our friends, and we chose our friends wisely. Well, you sounds like you did, Carolyn. Listen, get yourself back to Texas. You know, John Cornyn's idiotic vote for the idiotic bill notwithstanding, Texas is still a pretty good place and taking all around. It's um, better than most places. I'm I'm proud to be a Texan still. But thanks, Carolyn. Uh that opens up a line, eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. Carl in Rylander, Wisconsin. You're next on Fox Across America. Great Christmas and happy new year. Hope it was great for you. It I was, like Carl. To, how about you? It was, it was excellent, absolutely excellent. It's spent some time with family, and that's what's important. So, um, I would like to re-gift, though. I'd like to re-gift the entire omnibus bill. Can we do that? <laughs> don't, don't I wish? <laughs> don't I wish? 
You know, let me tell you something. One of the reasons they didn't do it is one of the reasons they did do it, that they didn't read the bill, that they just passed it, is because, you know, we're going to shut the government down. Well, we've had that happen before. The government shuts down, except it doesn't. This is a a government that is so big and so bloated, you can't really truly shut it down. The last time I specifically remember the government shutting down, it was during the Obama administration. And, of course, they're blaming the Republicans for it. And they went and set roadblocks on the road by Mount Rushmore where you can just drive by and see Mount Rushmore. That way that shows you that the government is shut down. But, first of all, you can see Mount Rushmore from space. Number one. And number two, that's not shutting the government down. That's just annoying people for political benefit. That's all that is. Yes, I served 20 years in the military, and I know the government is very difficult to actually shut it down. But I'd like to add, I don't think that I'm starting to look at this differently. I've considered myself more of a Republican. I've voted both sides of the fence in the past, but that's getting more difficult to do. We, as the American voter, I think we need to realize we have a politician problem and not a party problem. Until we get Amen. politicians, we are never going to fix this country. you got to figure out a way to do that. Well, Carl, that's absolutely right because, listen, the Republicans are, are I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say for my side, the, I vote Republican because they more closely identify with my, with my beliefs and my, my brand of politics. I am a conservative, and the Republican Party is nominally more conservative than the Democratic Party. And particularly the the far left nut wing of the Democratic Party, but Republicans are, Republicans are guilty of the same <clears throat> of the same things we 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 hate about Democrats. They get themselves to Washington D.C. and they become captured by Washington D.C. and they start thinking the K Street um, lobbyist uh, cocktail party uh, dinner circuit and stop thinking about us. Yes, we need. We need, for me, it comes down to accountability. We, the voter, need to hold them accountable for their actions, and until we do that, it's never going to change. That's my two cents. Well, it is, but the way you do that, we say that here on a talk show like this. But what is a practical matter you're going to do about it? And the answer is, you call, you, you burn up their phones, you burn up their email, you burn up their snail mail. It's work. It takes time to do it, but if enough of us do it, they'll hear it. The thing that the thing that particularly senators benefit from, particularly senators in a big state like mine, they're elected for six years, so they can they can count on some voter amnesia by the time it comes time for them to face the voters again, because in a big state like this one, you cannot you can call your congressman's office and get a human being on the phone. In a big state like Texas where you know two senators represent nearly 30 million people, you cannot get a human being on the phone if you call your senator in a big state like sure. this. Can't be done. Sure. I tried it. Cannot be done. <laughs> and so yep. they they live they live rather insular lives uh, moving around in the in the oh so rarefied air of the United States Senate uh, in Washington DC. Carl, appreciate your call. Uh, 888-788-9910 Wayne, Tampa, Florida. You're next on Fox Across America. Good afternoon, sir, and thank you for taking my call, and Happy New Year to you. You too. Thanks for calling. I, I've been listening uh, while I've been doing a little windshield time about this $1.7 trillion that Congress just passed. Uh, and I'm listening to all the commentary from everybody, and I, I hear you explaining how the government's supposed to work. Unfortunately, I think for the most part, all of us know that Republican, Democrat, or they're all part of the club. 
And the only thing that I have ever known that has influenced them in Congress is the fear that they won't be reelected. So that's the challenge. How do we get the message out uh, through social media? Because the fake news doesn't put it out. Uh, Most of the young adults only listen to social media to get their news. I don't think we're doing a very good job of getting the message on how it affects the individual. And number two, you know, calling as an individual, they don't even, you're right, I heard earlier, they don't take your call. You can't get through. It's just another disgruntled customer. And when it comes to re-election, they tell you whatever you want to hear. So we know all that. So what's the challenge? The challenge is getting the message out so that people know when they go to vote what they're voting for. And I don't think we do a very good job as Republicans in doing that, number one. And number two, as far as the spending, I don't know. It's like you don't like a particular uh, retail company. Uh, You boycott it. So we as taxpayers are spending our money frivolously. How do we do it? Do we put a block of people out and say, well, if you don't become responsible, we're just not going to pay our taxes. And we flood the uh, government with non-tax paying people. I know that's far out idea, but uh, how do we yeah. how do we get them to change? That's well, this are, these are these are all very 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 good questions, and I can only tell you that in my lifetime, I have seen I've seen the the in, uh, indignation of the American people reach critical mass two or three times, where it becomes deafening, where 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 the the Idiots that that are in Washington D.C. thinking they're insulated find out that they're not. One one time that I specifically remember, somebody in Congress floated the idea of with of withholding money from uh, your interest bearing uh, uh, bank accounts. So if you're getting paid four uh, percent, as soon as that money uh, hits your account, they withhold some of it. So that right. you know you don't have your money you don't have your money in the account to continue to compound because the government reaches in and grabs it. The country went nuts. You know, interest rates have been so low now that wouldn't be an issue. But when interest rates were nominally in the fours, where you can make money on money in the bank, I mean, they the, somebody some I don't have any idea who floated this, but it it got some legs and the country exploded. The phones in Washington went nuts and they backed yeah. off of it real quick. This country can rise up in righteous indignation. It has done it before, needs to do it again. I'm not fomenting rebellion. I'm not saying go behave like those idiots on January yeah. 6th, but that doesn't mean don't raise hell because it's, it's your job to raise hell if things are going wrong and are not being done the way you think they should be done as a taxpayer. It's okay so the, to complain. The question is, how do we do this in mass? Because as the individual, it falls many times on deaf ears. You decide to do it, and you tell your friends to decide to do it, and you educate the people around you, and you talk in your circles, and you, it, it starts at home, it starts at your dinner table, it starts with the people you hang out with, it starts standing outside the Sunday school class uh, on Sunday morning. It's, it, it, it has to bubble up from the bottom. Well, I agree with that. I just, I just think there's maybe another vehicle, sir, that allows us, to, to join forces with others. Yes, you can do what you just said, talking to family. And I do. 
And for the most part, they think like I do and others like us in what's going on, the nonstop spending um, to put us into bankruptcy, basically. Carl, who um, represents you? Who represents you in Congress there in, uh, in Rylander, Wisconsin? Oh, I'm in Tampa. Um, oh, I'm sorry. You're in Tampa. It's Wayne. I'm sorry. I'm looking, read yeah, my notes long. Wayne, okay. who, represent, well, who represents you in Congress in, in, um, in where you live in Tampa? Bill Arrakis. Okay. Well, you've taken the first step, Wayne. You've taken the first step. You know who your congressman is because I ask that question a lot when I, when I do talk shows, when I fill in. I'll ask callers who represents you. You'd be amazed at the number of people that don't know. So you've taken the first big step. You know, now that you know, let him hear from you. Well, we do. But, again, as I stated earlier, they're all part of the club. They'll listen. They, they say they're going to do what they're going to do. And I'll, I'll say it while, I, while I've got you, and then I'll let you go, is I had a conversation the other day with people at a table uh, celebrating the holiday and the, the topic of the 2024 and Trump running and, well, I'll never vote for him because we don't like the way he sounds. Now, we hear this over and over. And my comment back to them was, is regardless of the conversation of the tweets and everything else, he's the first president that I ever knew in all my years, and I'm 70 years old, that ever did what he said he was going to do. That much is true. And that's the best comeback that I could come. They, a lot of people I know... Even Republicans can't get over that emotional issue to really take a step back and look at what the person actually does, not what they say. And that's the big rem- challenge that I have. Wayne, I'm going I'm to end this call on this note. I remember as a, as a little boy when I was very young, my mother's outrage at a member of our family who said she was going to vote for John Kennedy for president because he was cute. Well, that's and, a true statement. We've known that you know, historically and, too. Uh, and that's how she—that's how she was going to pick the president of the United States. Wayne, that's appreciate it. your call, and you have a happy new year. Make it a safe one. Eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. More of the shows coming up. I hope you'll stay with us. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. It's Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon and taking your calls at 888-788-9910. Let's just keep it rolling. Curtis in Chandler, Texas. You're next on Fox Across America. Hello, Curtis. Hi, Paul. Um, Real quick, I believe that James Madison was probably one of the greatest geniuses in our American history. No question. No Uh, question about that. And in fact, uh, the last... Uh, amendment that passed about the Congress giving themselves pay raise, he was the one that first suggested it. Okay, that they the twenty wait, wait, interesting story about that. The twenty seventh amendment. It was originally one of the one of the twelve proposed amendments, ten of which became the Bill of Rights, and there it sat until nineteen ninety two, until it was ratified. Okay, now tell me, was the other one the number the twelfth one? Was that that Congress could only convene for three weeks out of the year? No, that the the twelfth one that didn't would, would would if if it had passed, I think we'd have like something like three thousand members of Congress. It was a right. Okay, it, I got you. 
It was a weird thing on apportioning a congressional representation that didn't pass and never will pass, even though there is no time limit on it. But the but the 27th Amendment was a part of the original 12 proposed in the first Congress of the United States that, that uh, met in 1789. Yeah. That, uh, and, uh, that's, those amendments got passed out of the Congress in 1791, and the 27th got passed in 1992 because of the efforts of a kid from the University of Texas, believe it or right. not. Wrote right. a paper. And uh, I remember the late Paul Harvey made the comment uh, 203 years after Madison had made the recommendation that Congress only convened for three weeks out of the year because there's a clause in the Constitution that the president can call Congress into session. Okay? Well, if he can call them into session, they need to somehow or another get out of Washington for him to well, have that opportunity. Well, you know, here in, here in the state of Texas, um, as, mm-hmm. uh, as you know, um, our, our legislature meets in odd-numbered years for 140 days to every other year. The reason we do it that way, as my dad explained, it keeps the hogs away from the trough. Yep. So we have a we have a part-time legislature in Texas in which one of the arguably the most successful state in the union and our legislature only meets for 140 days every other year. Hey, listen, got to run Curtis, but you raise good points. Appreciate your call. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Finley here on Fox Across America. Pat Fallon, a congressman from the great state of Texas is coming up after the bottom of the hour break. Stick around. You'll want to hear that here on Fox Across America. Don't go away. It is Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser filling in here on this week between Christmas and New Year's as we uh, as we get ready to end 2022 and open the uh, open the first chapter of 2023. On the line, we have Representative Pat Fallon from the Fourth District of Texas, which is that tier of counties right beneath the uh, the Red River, the Fourth District, a kind of a famous district. Uh, Speaker Sam Rayburn, legend, was the uh, was the congressman from the 4th District. Hello, Congressman. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us. Paul, how are you? Merry Christmas and a very happy New Year to you. You, you too. We've been talking since the start of the show. $1.7 trillion, some of which was mine, got spent <laughs> by you guys uh, while you were hoping we wouldn't notice because we were all busy with Christmas. How does this keep happening? Well, when, they, when you put Democrats in charge, that's what happens. And so, Paul, this is a 4,155-page bill shoved down our throats by the lame duck Democrats. The why, did, why, did, why did Republicans go along with it? Well, I, I, you know, obviously I, I voted uh, hell no on it, and most did. I, you know, that's a great question because I believe it was 16 Democrats – or sorry, 16 Republicans. 18 in the Senate, 6 in the House. Which is well, to say, it, it could, if Republicans had done what we would elect Republicans to do, it could have been defeated. No, there's no doubt, because it wouldn't have mustered the filibuster votes um, in the Senate. Well, two of them in the House were Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, so they've long since stopped becoming Republicans. I understand um, that. Yeah, but you know what? I would love to ask the senators what they were thinking, because it makes no sense. What this does, this $1.7 trillion, $787 billion of it. Paul, was non-emergency discretionary spending, and this is going to add $2.65 trillion to the debt over the next 10 years. There's like 20 grand a family. So it boggles my mind. And you know what? we got to make sure that we vote for the right conservatives in primaries. 
Well, all right. Well, listen, since he, since I can't get a phone call into him, I can't get anything but a perfunctory response. You're on Capitol Hill. Can you go on the other side of the building and go ask Senator Cornyn from Texas why he voted for it? Yes, we. Well, that's exactly what we plan on doing because I have way too many constituents asking me that very question. I do not know why. It boggles my mind. Because he, he had to have known it was going to raise the ire of Republican voters. So who is he more afraid of than Republican voters? That's what I want to know. Well, that's a question you got to ask him because I, I, I doubt, though, he would come on the show. <laughs> no, I, I, I promise you he wouldn't come on the show. Uh, I've known I've known John Cornyn since he was attorney general here in Texas. He's a very nice man. He certainly looks like a U.S. senator. But I cannot understand why a Republican senator from a conservative state would vote for a bill that, number one, we know he didn't read, and number two, contains all of this ir- irresponsible spending in a time when we're 30-plus trillion dollars in debt and families are having trouble deciding how to pay the bills. You make a great point. I would vote for you, Paul. Uh, because, I mean, like, people need to know what's in this thing. Some of the more egregious aspects to it were provisions for $12 billion from $12 billion more dollars for the IRS, which is an agency that just got $80 billion in what I call the Inflation Enhancement Act. It was $65 million. There's a U.N. Relief and Work Agency. They have a history of promoting and pushing out materials that are pro-terrorism and uh, promotes anti-Semitism. Well, we just gave them $65 million in this bill. It's sorry, Paul, $299 million for the National Labor Relations Board to promote union jobs. I mean, it was just absolute poor. Congressman Pat Fallon from the 4th District of Texas is on the line with us. Okay, so let's let's go a little deeper into Washington dysfunction. The uh, the left-wing media and the Democrats' hair all on fire over the fact that over, over the Christmas break, Governor Abbott from here in Texas uh, bust about 100 people, headed them to New York. They couldn't get to New York, so he dropped them outside the Naval Observatory near uh, – near where uh, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris lives. They're going completely nuts, and they're you know, how inhumane and how uh, thoughtless and cruel that was. Why? What, first of all, what do you think of Abbott's move? And number two, why is there no talking about how cruel it is to encourage people to come here in the first place? That's what's thoughtless, Paul, and inhumane, is uh, encouraging millions of people to transit most of Central America, many of them, Mexico, to get to this country. Now, who runs Mexico, really? Let's talk brass tacks. It's a de facto narco state. 30, the left never says anything about the upwards of 30% of the women that transit the length of Mexico are raped or sexually assaulted along the journey. They never say anything about that. That's, I think, uh, inhumane, but they it does get a business of their narrative. So the best thing for folks to do is stay in their home country and apply to come to this country legally. And we need to have policies that encourage that, like we did under President Trump. What do you think? I'm trying to understand exactly, is it as as simple as this, that the Democrats, as led by President Biden, 
want a guaranteed, safe block of voters, and the best way they say to get to get those voters is to bring them in and make them dependent on government. Is it that cynical? You know, Paul, I can't think of any other explanation, quite frankly, because three out of four of the descendants of illegal migrants are voting for the Democratic Party. So because they just don't want to fix it. Now, what Biden is doing is he's catering to his far left wing by having a de facto open border. Now, and he's encouraged by the lack of a red wave in November. And well, he's there's saying, that. See, it's, just an additional 25. They were only three percentage points away from losing 24 more congressional seats. And we have to do a, a better job, obviously, of vetting candidates and having strong candidates that can win in November. Uh, moving forward, particularly on the Senate side. But he's misreading this, and there's going to be a referendum on this de facto open border, and it's going to be in 2024, and I think the Democrats are going to get shellacked because if Title 42 is rescinded and we're looking at 14,000 illegals a day, it's going to be a flood that we just simply – it goes from a crisis to a catastrophe to a collapse. Congressman Pat Fallon from Texas. Let me tell you something from doing this. You know, I don't do it. I don't do a talk show every day. I fill in for uh, Jimmy Fallon. I fill in for uh, for a local host in Dallas, Fort Worth. <clears throat> I do enough talk shows, and what I've heard today and what I hear all the time is frustration in people's voices. They say we vote for Republicans, we support Republicans, we are Republicans. Nothing ever seems to change. We need to vote for the right kind of Republican. I would I would venture a guess that the Republicans in Florida are not frustrated with Governor Ron DeSantis. I think that, and I I mean that in in all sincerity, because he performed, he campaigned, and he followed through on his campaign rhetoric with action, and you saw the result. He won what used to be a purple state by 19 points, and there were six contested congressional districts in Florida, and we won all six. So it's a question of how you want to lead once you get into office. Well, I agree with that, and maybe we can affect some change. Obviously, when you guys convene on January 3rd next week, when you when you convene, you've got a very, very, very slim majority in the House, a one-seat a one deficit in the Senate. Nothing legislatively is going to get done. You know, you're no, nothing particularly from a, from the right side of the aisle. No, no conservative legislation is going to advance because it would get vetoed even if it did. So the role of the House is going to be what in the next two years? Well, the role of the House is going to be, number one, guaranteed, no more trillion-dollar spending bills outside the regular, regular budgetary process. That ends. I mean, that's the main driver for the inflation that we're all suffering through right now, which is a tax on everything we're buying. That stops. And we can have small victories. I mean, we, we had one the vaccine mandate for military members in this year's uh, National Defense Authorization Act. We got that done. Uh, small victory, but an important one. So we and, and you have divided government. So they can't run roughshod because I'll tell you something, Paul. The Democratic leadership ignored the fact that there were even Republicans in Congress for the last two years, and they can no longer do that. Well, that's that's good. You know, I'm you're, you're I don't think you're on any of the committees. But what about oversight? The key committees, the the 
the FBI and DOJ running amok, uh, basically setting up a field office at Twitter to to, to censor speech. Um, the uh, the the lack of any prosecutorial interest in what is clearly felonious behavior by the president's son. What about all of that? No, I do sit on the oversight committee. I'm on armed services and oversight. Okay, and you, okay, very, all right. Yeah, all right. No, no, no worries, Paul. We're going to be very busy on oversight. And I think there's going to be three parking spaces outside the Rayburn building that we'll just keep reserved because they're going to be in front of oversight so much. Maybe four. Director Ray of the FBI, Hunter Biden. Dr. Fauci, oh, Tony Fauci, and uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, who I believe needs to be impeached because he is, you know, nothing. Okay, you, you say, I don't, lie to Congress and the I don't want to get hung on that. You say impeach, you impeach him, but you just, there's no way in the world you have the votes to remove him. Right, the Senate, but what we need to do is the right thing, and he needs to be held to account. And more people in this country need to know the truth about who he is and what he has done. Well, I agree with that. But let's roll back to the other one you just talked about, Tony sure. Fauci. You know, I, it, I, is, I, there, is there is yeah, there any serious doubt that he that he that his fingerprints are all over gain of function research exactly. that led to the escape of a virus that killed what is it seven million people? And disrupted the in, the economies of the entire world, including the United States. Is there any serious doubt that he's that he has his fingerprints on that? Paul, you mean it didn't come from a bat in a wet market? What? No, it didn't come from. No, it didn't come from a bat in a wet market. It came from the Wuhan Wuhan virology lab, and it was because of research that they were doing that was being funded in part by money that Tony Fauci was sending in that direction. True or false? All true. All circumstantial evidence points to exactly that conclusion. Why Chinese communists? All authoritarian regimes pretty much have one overriding mission, which is to stay in power. The Chinese communists are no different, and they lie like they breathe. If it had truly been from a bat and a wet market, they would have thought, what is this? We don't know what this is. Hey, world community, come help us. There's this weird new disease. We'd love your help in stemming it. Instead, they did the exact opposite, and they circled the wagon, and they said, get out. We're not going to share anything. The South Africans, when the Delta variant hit, they opened up to, to the world because they didn't know what it was. So the Chinese knew exactly what it was, and this thing is not found naturally in nature. And Tony Fauci covered for him. The Democrats covered for him. They didn't want the blame to be pointed uh, where it lies, where it justly lies, which is in the Chinese communists. They wanted to blame Donald Trump. Because they wanted to blame Donald Trump because it was the only way at the time they saw they could get him out of office, that they could defeat him. Ding, 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 ding. You've got to remember, I mean, before COVID... We had record low unemployment across the demographic board. Hispanic, white, black. The economy was humming. Uh, President Trump was going to get reelected, and they knew that. And this was an awfully convenient, uh, uh, really, put, you know, save their electoral chances. And then they took full advantage, A, placing the blame on him unjustly, and then B, manipulating how mail-in ballots would be sent out. To uh, you know, in the in the purple states, to increase their chances of winning. 
Last thing, I agree with all of that. Last thing, Congressman Pat Fallon from Texas. Last thing, I'm, see if you agree or disagree with this. I've said this on the show before. When the when the state of Texas uh, filed suit uh, in the Supreme Court uh, calling into question procedures in Wisconsin, Georgia, and Pennsylvania, and it was joined by 18 other states, and the Supreme Court declined to hear the case, in my opinion, the election was over and Trump had lost. Like it or not, that was the, that that was it. The, that was the last line. When that didn't work, Trump had lost. I believe Donald Trump should have have agreed that he lost and positioned himself to come back to fight another day. Your thoughts? Paul, well, I lost a little bit of that, but I think it just just we were talking about um, the decision of the Supreme Court not to hear the case. Not to hear the, the case, and, and, it, and it was yeah. over then. For Trump, it was over. That was the end of it. There's no way in the world that, that, the, that the apparent outcome was going to be reversed. Joe Biden was going to be president on January 20th. I think Donald Trump should have said, okay, lost this one. I'll see you next round. I think that's what he should have done. I think that hindsight's twenty twenty, And, of course, once you're, all your avenues of legal redress are exhausted, the best thing and for the conservative cause is to say, okay, I'll be back. I'm going to do a little, possible little Grover Cleveland action. And then it just uh, it makes you appear, because it's the middle that decides these presidential Absolutely. He should have. You're always going to, yeah, sorry, you're always going to get 40% on the right and 40% on the left. It's those middle 20. And Mike, that would have appealed to those middle 20. Mike Pence wanted him to go on a victory tour. And he instead he kept relitigating the 2020 election. I think he shouldn't have done it. My opinion. Yeah, and I, I, I understand, you know, it's personal. When you know people are lying about you, like what they did with the Russian hoax. You know, and they're trying to indict his sons and calling, calling, saying that his sons are treasonous and just lying. And you know it's not true. It gets under your skin. I yeah. mean, I've had personal conversations with him about this, and it does. And it's, I get upset when the media lies about us. I'm just a small fish uh, because they do. They lie incessantly. They're the ones that need to be held to account. I'm all for people in power being held to account, Paul, but so does the press because oh, they do God. lie. And there's no repercussions for when they do. No, no question. And there we have to leave it because I'm out of time. Pat Fallon from the 4th District of Texas. Listen, Happy New Year. Uh, go go try to make some good things happen for us in, in the in the 118th Congress. We need it. Hey, you know what? we got to fight. we got to love our country and fight for it with every fiber of our being. God bless you, sir, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. There he goes, the great Pat Fallon from the 4th District of Texas. Here we go. More of the show after the break. Stay with us. The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! Nerd! Nerd! You're listening to Fox Across America. Eight 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 seven eight eight ninety nine ten. If you'd like to be a part of Fox Across America, Paul Glazer sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, taking your calls, and it's Mark in Highland Park, Idaho. Mark, you're up. What's on your mind? Uh, you- Yes, Paul. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Got about a minute. Uh, I want to get you in. You've been real patient. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was reported about uh, within the last two weeks that there now are 100 million Americans that are on Medicaid. That pre- pretty much figures out to one out of three Americans are on the dole now. I don't know. So I don't know makes- if that stat is true, but I know it's a very, very large number and a whole. A very high percentage of Americans are re- receiving some sort of government benefits. That's right. And anyway, well, uh, I'm, I, I was 
that, that fell out of my chair when I heard it. Mark the measure. Uh, the measure of any society, and I, I don't want to don't want to cut you off. But the measure the measure of any society. You raise a great point. Is not how many people it's helping. The measure of a society is how few people need the help, and we need to live in a country where fewer and fewer need people need the help because they're able to make it on their own. Appreciate your call. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. There's more of the show coming up after the top of the hour. You need to stay right where you are. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy here on Fox Across America and wanting to hear from you at 888-788-9910. You know, this is this weird week uh, between uh, Christmas and New Year's. You, you're kind of at work. You're kind of not at work. Some people, are, the office is open. There's certainly not as much traffic on the street. The parking garage here at the building where my radio station is located is not even half full. It's, you know, it's a business week, but it's not. You know, it's still a holiday, but it's not. And uh, so that's when guys like me get to come fill in because people take time off, and that's what Jimmy is doing. But Jimmy's not here, yet he has written what I think is a brilliant piece uh, at, uh, at Fox, uh, foxnews.com on the opinion tab. Uh, the uh, the uh, headline is uh, 2022's Gold, Silver, and Bronze Medals of Woke Outrage failures, where Jimmy takes the the outrage industry, which has blossomed in this country, woke outrage, people, uh, pansies, and and people on the left getting themselves all in a lather over faux outrage. Outrage is when you're going to work and you get uh, physically. Uh, criminally assaulted. That's an outrage. Outrage is you're a small business owner running a store and the and the uh, the authorities won't prosecute the people who come in and steal and shoplift your store and uh, and uh, commit robberies and uh, assault your customers. That's outrage. Having your having your sensitivities offended is not outrage, but there's a whole industry, the woke industry that that f- Feigns outrage at all these terrible things. So, Bill, Jimmy wrote this uh, really, a really great piece. He does bronze, silver, and gold of the really, really outrageous outrage. The stuff that's not really an outrage that somehow the left makes into an outrage. And he starts with bronze. The bronze medal goes to the to the uh, crybaby employees at Netflix who uh, staged work stoppages and uh, caused all kinds of problems internally for uh, their CEO, um, Reed Hastings, because they aired a, a, a special called The Closer with comedian Dave Chappelle. And Dave Chappelle uh, made jokes about his relationship with the trans community. And the woke uprising made for a year of walkouts and work stoppages that ended with the CEO telling the New York, New York Times in November, and this is what Reed Hastings had to say because, God bless him, he said, that special was one of the most entertaining specials we've ever had. We would do it again and again. Hastings went on to praise Chappelle for being entertaining and provocative uh, because that's what, that's what com- comedy is supposed to be. Reed Hastings, to his credit, realized that comedians are are canceled by a tiny, tiny, tiny little minority. 99% of people who go to comedy clubs and listen to comedians aren't there to be offended. They're there to be entertained, and they can take it. Um, 
most people that were uh, pr- protesting Chappelle's <clears throat> special, most of the people that protested it didn't actually watch it. Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix, did. He, um, he. If you watched it, you knew that Chappelle closed the um, the special with um, uh, a, his announcement of a creation of a scholarship fund for the children of a trans comedian who enlightened him on the challenges of trans life. That's not a guy who hates trans people. There is, as Jimmy says in this great article, there is no higher form of inclusion than being the butt of the joke like everyone else, which is why no race or ideology should be forced to sit at the comedy kitty table. There's no equality in it, and frankly, learning to laugh at yourself is one of the most empowering traits you can develop. Amen, Jimmy. The bronze medal goes to the crybaby employees at Netflix. Silver goes to Billy Eichner's gay rom-com Bros, which tanked at the box office. You know, I don't know if you if this got your attention. It was a terrible movie. I didn't see it, heard about it. It, it was a really, really bad movie. Got terrible reviews. Eichner kicked off his publicity tour at the MTV Video Music Awards, encouraging viewers to see his movie as a way of, this is a quote, sending a message to Clarence Thomas and the homophobes on the Supreme Court. The homophobes on the Supreme Court. He was What he was trying to do, what, um, what Billy Eichner was trying to do, was tie his movie opportunistically to the mood surrounding the repeal of Roe v. Wade, uh, and it uh, it, it uh, coincided with Eichner's false claim that Bros was the first gay rom-com produced by a major studio. Uh, that's not true. Um, and there was Eichner slandering SCOTUS justices who signaled no intention to repeal gay, gay marriage and insisting they weren't going to drag the gay community back to the last century. Apparently they weren't dragging them to the theater either, as Jimmy says, because the film bombed so badly. It was a terrible bomb. And of course, Eichner attributed the fact that it failed to more homophobia. But here's the thing. If people, if uh, if movie goers were homophobic, Brokeback Mountain wouldn't have been the the huge hit that it was, would not have won multiple Oscars, become one of the most profitable films in history. Eichner selling fake oppression became the entire, uh, the entire raison d'etre of this movie. It's, um, in another time, as Jimmy says, people might have bought that. In this era of fake outrage, um, the, the that whole that whole meme no longer has the bite that it did. Americans have, as Jimmy says, have nothing against gay movies, but they have plenty against bad movies. And finally, gold. The gold medal for woke outrage goes to um, Bob Chapek and uh, the former CEO of the Walt Disney Company. It broke my heart to see the Walt Disney Company fall from grace the way it did. I grew up on Disney. My kids grew up on Disney. It, the, 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 Disney is a company that was built by children. And it, is, it was a place where moms and dads, I was a kid, I loved Disney. I loved Disney as a mom, as a, as a parent, as, and the, the husband of a mom, because I knew it was a safe place that my two daughters could go to be entertained. And along comes Bob Chapek getting himself all wound up because a handful of his employees got all wound up over the uh, Parental Rights and Education Act in Florida, which got mischaracterized and completely falsely named as the, quote, don't say gay bill. 
What the bill actually did that DeSantis passed in March of 2022 was make it illegal for Florida schools to teach sexual education of any kind to children between the ages of kindergarten and third grade, of any kind. Uh, Straight sex, gay sex, trans sex, no sex education for little kids. That's what the bill did. A completely reasonable thing to do. And the fact that you would even have to pass a law to keep it from happening tells you where we are in the country. Because when I was growing up, none of the schools I went to would ever thought of, of, of engaging kindergartners and first and second graders in in sex education it's not time for that in a little child's life and so the don't say gay bill animated a handful of people inside the walt disney company to rise up and um the turn on the woke grievance machine and and start calling it the don't say gay bill even though the bill never does not have the word gay anywhere in in it um and and stir this controversy up and involve Disney in it. And then we come to find out that a whole bunch of what is being produced at the Walt Disney Company is gay-themed, is aimed at, is is trying to promote um, bisexual, transsexual, gay themes. And most parents don't want that. And the Walt Disney Company shouldn't be doing that. It's just not right to try to sexualize children. And there's nothing unreasonable about that. There's nothing homophobic about that. There's nothing transphobic about it. There's nothing wrong with parents not wanting their little children sexualized at a young age. And yet this all the, this woke outrage because the, the governor of the state of Florida, in, in response to the will of the people that elected him, said we're not going to teach that in schools and the employees rise up in righteous anger and, and systematically ruin the reputation of one of the great brand names in America, the Walt Disney Company. And Jimmy calls out in his article at foxnews.com, the woke outrages, outrage medals of the year, uh, bronze, silver, and gold. The gold medal goes to the Walt Disney Company. In the end, Bob Chapik, the CEO, was ousted, and, uh, and Ron, I- Ron Eigner was brought back because he's a former CEO. He was brought out of retirement to get the ship back steering down the center of the channel and doing what the Walt Disney Company is supposed to do, which is safely and creatively entertain children. And that's what the Walt Disney Company built itself on. That's what parents have every right to expect of the Walt Disney Company. The Walt Disney Company, if it's, as Jimmy points out, if it wants to be more inclusive, it can drop the $200 a person ticket price to get into Disney World or Disneyland. That would help a lot. That'd make it a lot more inclusive. So, the, so bronze, silver, and gold. Netflix employees for bronze. Silver goes to uh, Billy Eichner for his terrible movie Bros, and gold goes to the Walt Disney Company for getting all in a knot over the quote-unquote don't-say-gay bill, which never said gay and never said don't-say-gay, trying to sexualize children, trying to keep prevent the sexualization of children. The Walt Disney Company built itself 
on on safe entertainment for kids, and that's what he needs to stick to. Your thoughts on all of that, 888-788-9910. That article, by the way, it's a great read. I summarized it. It's a really good read. It's at foxnews.com on the opinion tab. It's the first thing that comes up. Recommend you read it. Jimmy is off this week, but he did write this piece about 11 hours ago before he bailed out. It is a really, really good piece. Recommend that you read it. Foxnews.com on the opinion page so you can get a little Jimmy even though he's on he's on a holiday break this week. It's Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy here at uh, <clears throat> pardon me at Fox Across America, 888-788-9910. Love to hear from you, 888-788-9910. More of the show's coming up after the break. Stay with us. The show that always has a giant smile on its face. All day long, I just want to make everybody happy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon, taking your calls, 888-788-9910. Jim, Columbus, Ohio, you're up. What's on your mind? Hey, buddy. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, my thing is that I feel like your uh, Pat Fallon is just another person saying exactly the same thing. Oh, we're going to, when we take over Congress, we're going to do this. We're going to, going to. And they could have shot this omnibus bill down, you know, from the get-go. And it's like, I don't understand how you would let something like that go, how you would be, a, you know, for the country and let this whole border crisis, you know, millions of people slipping in, and, and how somebody doesn't just take control of that. If Biden don't want to do nothing about it, why can't somebody on the good side do something about it? I mean, the whole country's going to have to, you know, fall in the bucket before something gets done. I can't even watch the news anymore. I've watched CBS News my whole life, 60 Minutes, all that stuff. Now that I was supporting Trump and seeing exactly with my own eyes what was going on, to my sister who watches only CBS News, knows nothing about the uh, uh, laptop, you know, nothing about the president being compromised, nothing about the border crisis, because, you know, they just don't show it. And now I can, I feel like no matter if the Republicans win everything, they're still going to walk the walk and talk the talk and make money and just stay out of it well jim let everybody let's take what you said kind of kind of no you don't be sorry what you said kind of in reverse order let's start with uh abc cbs nbc the legacy media here's the problem with the legacy media it's not so much what they report and get wrong as you just pointed out the problem with you you called out cbs the problem with those guys is what they don't report at all, what they ignore, what they willfully keep the American people from knowing, what they willfully keep their audience from knowing about, so that as you correctly point out, because I run into this in my own life, people that I, that I consider to be intelligent, smart, contributing members, you know, peers of mine in society, and they know literally nothing that there's a Hunter Biden laptop story, which is 
hard to imagine, but where they consume their news, it's not being reported. The most insidious form of dishonesty is not the spoken lie. The most insidious form of dishonesty is the unspoken truth, and that's what the media is most guilty of. Do you agree? I agree, but I also, it's 601 and half a dozen of the other. Not reporting it and not saying anything. It's still lying, especially when you know. When that laptop, and I don't mean to go on and on about the laptop, but I just can't believe that a president could be that compromised and in that kind of situation and still be allowed to run for president. You know what I'm saying? I just well, I can't I'm, even fathom that. That's what I'm saying. If they there's show. even the chance, if there's even a chance that he is doing some remote, because you see what they did to Trump over a phone call about. You know, yes, uh, I understand that. It, what, I, it, it is, it, what, what you just said, it is... The fact that they chose not to report it is every bit as big a lie as if they reported something and got it wrong intentionally. Exactly. That that exactly. that that is a lie. Let's go back to the other thing about. Here's my frustration with the with the 1.7 trillion dollar omnibus bill. The Republicans are literally days away from taking over the House of Representatives. The House of Representatives is where all appropriations bills have to originate under the Constitution for uh, just for the want of a few days we could have held out and this thing didn't have to pass and if the government shut down for a few days over the holidays we'd have gotten over it the Republicans squandered their opportunity and the government is now funded with all of this crap in it to the tune of 1.7 trillion dollars through the end of the current fiscal year which ends in September of of 2023 September 30th a, a an incredibly squandered opportunity and the Republicans should have just said no we're not going to pass this bill we're going to wait till we can shape it to our own a set of priorities and our own beliefs rather than have crammed down their throats Nancy Pelosi's last hurrah, which is what happened. Hey, I mean, I'm exactly. Ex- I, I've always thought of myself as independent. I've always voted for who I thought was the right person and, you know, never had a sway. But now, you know, with things being like they are, I cannot, just, there's no way I can support democracy. Uh, Democratic policies, but it's hard to support the Republicans when they're just, you know, on Fox News constantly going on about all these problems, and then you know, and then do something like this omnibus thing. I mean, yeah, it, I know. Just, they're going to camp. They're going to put it, even put it on the table was ridiculous. And hey, both Jim, sides Jim, of the aisle should say that's too much. Jim, i got to jump in because I'm up against a hard break. But they will campaign on all of the things that they had the opportunity to fix and didn't. They're still going to go out and campaign on the, the Republicans are. Appreciate your call. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fallon here on Fox Across America. We have more of the show coming up after the news at the bottom of the hour, after the break at the bottom of the hour. Hope you'll stick around. It's Fox Across America. Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela here on this uh, Tuesday, first work day after Christmas in this weird week between Christmas and New Year where you things are kind of normal, but they're kind of not. In the studio, I'm remote. I'm from uh, from KTBB, Tyler Longview, Texas. But in the chair where Jimmy himself sits is um, 
former Wisconsin congressman, Fox News contributor, and co-host of From the Kitchen Table podcast on Fox News Podcast, Sean Duffy. Hello, Sean. How are you? Hey, Paul. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I'm sitting with Jimmy's Toys in here. Yeah, um, you know, it's a people. You got to see that place to believe it. It's. Which thing are you playing with while you're waiting to go on the air? Well, you know, I'm, I'm looking at all his stuff, and there's, he's got some X-Wing fighters in here, a lot of Star Wars stuff. Um, to, it's like a totally 80s Jimmy Fela, you know, eighth-grade bedroom, sixth-grade bedroom. <laughs> yeah. he, took his, he, he took his bedroom from the 80s and brought it in here and, and set up shop, which is hilarious. Grown men playing with toys. Jimmy yeah, Fela. well, listen, you know, the, the grown men playing with toys. The only difference, my wife's always said, the only difference between men and boys is the price of their toys. Well, <laughs> you know, I think it, I see an evil Knievel here, too, which is pretty cool. That's, that's cool. Bike. It's, an, it's, an, it's a neat studio, actually, and it's cool that you're getting to sit there. But on, the, on, a, on a less light note, I've been talking all show about the fact that, the, that what we nominally call our leaders, our elected representatives, uh, right before Christmas, when we were all busy trying to get Christmas done, spent $1.7 trillion of our money in an omnibus spending bill, and they don't know what's in it. Well, of course. So, you, I mean, this and this is the problem with Washington D.C., right? So, um, and I, I was in Congress for nine years, and there's always this talk about regular order, and what that means is, through the through the history of the Congress, normally a a bill starts in a committee, it's debated, it's voted on, it's sent to the House floor, where it's then debated on, and and, and maybe amended, and 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 then it's passed, and you know the Senate will do the same thing. That doesn't happen anymore, Paul. But why? What, but was, why? So what? I'm going to tell you why. You have a scenario where they wait to the last minute, which is, by the way, empowering to leadership, right? So that you have, you have the the House and the Senate, Republican and Democrat leaders, who then are empowered because it's an emergency to sit down amongst themselves and put together a bill that matches their values, their morals, and their priorities, and completely disregards the other. 530 members of Congress. There's 535 members in the House and the Senate. The other 530 sit on the sidelines, you know, four or five sit around the table smoking cigars and putting these packages together. So not only are the, dis- are the American people disadvantaged with a $1.7 trillion bill, you have the whole Congress that's disadvantaged, that really has no say in it. And to your point, they put out a 4,000-page bill. No one has enough time to read it. And that's why as days go on and people process what's in this bill, we find out what the Congress actually voted on. As we find out, they too find out. Because after it's voted on, they never actually even go back and read to find out what they've spent the cash on. So, um, but, but, but and again, I expect this from Democrats. I, I think Mitch McConnell um, is shameful. The fact that Republicans are going to take over control of the House on January 3rd, and both chambers have to agree to these to these spending bills, that Mitch McConnell said, I'm going to disenfranchise my brothers in the House who just won the majority, and I'm going to sit down with Democrats and put this monstrosity together and shortchange Republicans. Because what they could have done is just done what's called a continuing resolution, also called a CR, just continuing the same spending that we have today, extended for another month or two months, until Republicans take over, and then they could have figured out, Republicans and Democrats, Republicans in the House, Democrats in the Senate, how they're going to you know, spend the people's money. But now with this bill, this spending goes all the way through the end of September. So Republicans, though they have the majority in January, can't have an impact on the budget for nine months. It's well, stupidity. For, for half the term. 
for, for you, that's effectively just, effectively half their term. They have nothing to say about how the money gets spent. Paul, that's right. We just elected them, but they're not going to be able to say how the money gets spent. It, this is the, this is the sort of thing that makes a guy like me just nuts. Uh, Sean Duffy's our guest, co-host of uh, Fox News contributor, co-host of From the Kitchen Table podcast on Fox News podcast. The, the, I I'm a radio station owner. I own business in a, a small business in Texas. I it's a, it happens to be a radio station. It could be anything else. Uh, most of my advertising clients are small business owners. We. All of us have to decide what we can spend money on and what we can't. I I have a file I jokingly called the "Why can't we do anything neat?" file. It's all the stuff we'd like to do if we had the money. <laughs> right. But you know you can't do everything, so you have to prioritize. You have to sit down and decide what are you going to spend a limited amount of money on, and what are you not going to spend money on because you can't afford it. That's how every household. And every business has to work. Why can't it work that way for the U.S. government? So a, a little secret, uh, Paul. Here's what I think is happening. You, you, you have your, your, your fun list, things that you'd like to do if you have money, but you don't do them because you don't have the cash, right? Right. Well, think about if Paul wants his business to go bankrupt – he might go. Listen, let's party. Let's let's, let's party. Let's let's open up that list. Let's start spending the cash, borrowing the cash. Let's spend our way into bankruptcy. Now that's a stupid strategy, right? Um, not smart. But I think we keep we keep asking why are Democrats doing this? Don't they see that this merry-go-round stops one day? Thirty trillion dollars in debt. We're adding more obligations onto the backs of the American people. There's more borrowing and spending in our future. This merry-go-round stops one day. And I think that's what they want to have happen. And again, I think this comes back to, and I don't want to get into this on the radio here, but you, you have a scenario where I think they want to move to a digital currency where they can control your currency. They'll, they'll decide how much you have, when you have it, you have it, and they can take it away. If you have a, a, a federal digital asset, they can control it. And if they can control your money, they can control you. And they can only get there if you have a, a failing U.S. dollar. And I think that's, that's, the, that's the crazy that plan. That's, is, I might, I might, that I might, is, I mean, somebody, you know, that's tinfoil hat Yeah, stuff. I got, it's on. If you could see me right now, Paul, I got my tinfoil hat on. But th- listen, it doesn't make any sense any other way. Why, no sane person does this. No sane leader would do what they're doing if they were going to be responsible, unless there was a different plan in place. There okay. is a di- there's a different plan. So McConnell is there. He could have stopped this. My own senator from Texas, John Cornyn, a Republican, he could have voted no. He voted aye. He joined 17 others in the Senate voting. This could have been stopped, and we could have had the Republicans who say they want to be fiscally responsible setting the priorities for spending in fiscal 2023. We totally fumbled that right and so just to just to remind the, the listeners again in the house it's a majority body right just you need you need right uh, a majority of the votes and bills pass in the senate they have some funky old rules um where you need 60 votes uh to pass a bill well republicans so, have 50 could... f- 50 votes democrats have 50 votes so so 10 republicans needed to vote for this bill for it to pass the senate and 18 did and 18 did that's right and, and one of your senators from texas did a lot of a lot of senators did to your point and again i i i, I can't wrap my head around why they would do that i think they maybe they thought we're going to have a better deal with democrats than we would if republicans take control and we have to deal with, you know, Kevin McCarthy and Republicans 
you know, in the House, I don't, I can't, I haven't sat down with these senators, but I would like to, to figure out what their rationale was, why they thought this was the best deal they could get, which is, by the way, a horrible deal, than if they had just waited for Kevin McCarthy and Republicans to have the majority. Well, you know, as I, as I said earlier, when before you came on, you know, John Cornyn, in our case, uh, had to have known there was going to be Republican backlash. He had to have known that that vote was going to cost him. So who is he more afraid of than Republicans? It, it, that's a really good question. And in Texas, there should be no one that John Cornyn is afraid of other than uh, Republican voters, right? I mean, Texas is uh, is a beautiful state. I, you know, I, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't figure it out. Um, and I, again, I think when you come back and you do and you do town halls, people should show up. Um, they should call John Cornyn's office. And and if you're in a state where you had a senator who voted for this bill, you should call them and inquire what their rationale well, was. You, Have them explain it to you. First of all, you can't get anybody to you. All you can do is leave a voicemail because that's all you can do in a big state with the, where, you're, where two senators are representing 29 million people as they are in Texas. There's no way in the world you'll ever get a human being on the phone. All you can do is leave a voicemail. So that's a, all send, you can do. Send an email. So And, and I'll and I tell you why, because I was in Congress, and obviously I had, a, I had a district, not a whole state as big as Texas, but uh, senators and House members know what kind of feedback they're getting. The voicemail may not work, but they'll read the emails, and they'll see all the emails come in um, and how displeased, how angry, how frustrated the American people are um, at the vote. Just, and here's the problem with this, Paul. You know, there, there's a lot of Republicans who have given their time, their effort, their money to give to these candidates to go to Washington to do the right thing to do the things they talked about on the campaign trail. But instead they go to Washington and abandon the promises that they made to, uh, to their constituents and do something completely different. And the problem with that is if they come back and ask you to volunteer again or they ask you to give money again, you're like, listen, I did that in the past, and where did that get me? It, it, it gave me a $1.7 trillion bill, John Cornyn. Why am I going to do that again? And, and it comes down to a, 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 what I saw this in Washington. Democrats are fighting to fundamentally transform America like Barack Obama said. They are, they are passionate about it. They are going to change it. They want to make it into something completely different than we've known. And Republicans are just haphazardly fighting back. They're ceding so much ground, so much territory to Democrats. It's like they've agreed that they've lost and that now, you know, we're just going to we're going to, you know, be strategically lose. Be graceful as, about it. That's what they're doing. And be I, graceful. It, it disgusts it disgusts me. And I think uh, the, the listeners and Republicans across this country are disgusted by what they're doing, their lack of, I mean, I wish they had some passion and heart like Democrats had. And if they did, they would fight like hell because Democrats are fighting like hell to change this country into something that we've seen in other countries, never works. They want that same thing here. Sean, where do we follow your podcast? Uh, You can go to uh, Fox News Podcasts. And uh, I'm at the kitchen table. Uh, by the way, also on January 23rd, uh, we're, launch- we're launching a new Fox business show um, starting at 6 o'clock. Sean Duffy and uh, Dagan McDowell. The bottom line is going to be a great show. So Fox business, 6 p.m. Uh, former, Eastern. Former Wisconsin congressman, Fox News contributor Sean Duffy. Sean, happy new year. Thanks for being part of the show. Back at you, brother. Thanks, Paul. Take care. More of the show's coming up after the break. Stay with us. The show that sees through the bullet. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Fox Across America with Paul Gleiser sitting in for Jimmy Fela. Here on this Tuesday after Christmas in the studio, Katrina Campins, Fox Business Real Estate Contributor, host of Mansion Global on Fox Business Network. Uh, Katrina, welcome. Thanks for being part of the program. Thanks for having me. How are you? Good. Listen, you, 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 you're on the Fox Business Network. You talk money. You know, you understand economics. It's what the network does. I have a question, and maybe you can weigh in on this, and maybe you can't. How much longer can we keep going into debt like this? I wrote a piece five years ago that said $20 trillion in debt was, was simply unsustainable. We have to stop, and here we are, 50% more than that now. It's really interesting. You know, I studied international finance and marketing, and my dream, even as a young girl, was to work on Wall Street. And then I got pegged by the real estate bug and started selling real estate. But it's amazing how even real estate is affected by Wall Street and the economy and inflation. And I'm, you know, covering that now on Fox Business and on Fox News with the various different shows that I do. And it's you can't keep on spending, you know, like something's got to change. Um, and I think that with real estate specifically, which is what I what I cover, is that you know high inflation, high mortgage rates, and just the increase in construction cost has really affected the ability for builders to be able to provide affordable product for home buyers. I think also Wall Street is competing against the American people, which is very concerning when it comes to buying single family residential properties. How so? Explain that. How so? So what's happening, and I think very few people talk about it, So, but it's, you know, what they're doing is is that home builders started building during the pandemic, right? Because it was a big demand for single-family homes. And prior to the pandemic, they were not very bullish about building, right? They, no one really thought the millennials were going to enter the market the way they, they did. And then during the pandemic, home ownership became that much more important because people wanted a quality, you know, better quality of life. And so builders started to to build again. But then what happened? interest rates started increasing. And so now there's a lot in the pipeline and builders simply can't, I mean, buyers, I'm sorry, rather can't afford it the way that they could, let's say, a year ago. So builders are now selling those properties to hedge funds, to Wall Street, and Wall Street is internally then putting them on the market and renting them to these same home buyers that would have purchased them. And I think that as this continues, you know, for the next few years, I think we're going to begin to see a higher percentage of single-family homes being owned by Wall Street, which is not good for the American people because the American people have really attained most of their wealth through home ownership. We're also then becoming more of a renter nation, and that affects stability. It affects children, you know, growing up and with, without a sense of community. Um, so... Well, then correct me if I'm wrong. What it means is that the nation's aggregate equity is in the hands of a much smaller number of people. Absolutely. And they can, can then control. You know, it goes back to the fact that they, you know, the saying that says they want us to own nothing. And so it's it's challenging, especially because if economists are correct, Wall Street will own about 30 to 40 percent of single family homes in the United States. I didn't and, know this. This is yeah. this is really frightening. It is. And a lot of people don't talk about it. I think one other thing that's not spoken about is, you know, those I don't know if you're driving on down the highway and you see like iBuyers, like a lot of these programs that are basically marketing to home sellers saying, you know what, I can buy your home without any of the stress of hiring a real estate person. But what they're Mm -hmm. doing is, is that behind the scenes is that they're buying these homes and then they're turning around and they're flipping them to hedge funds. 
and to Wall Street. And people don't talk about that. You know, so is, the, that why I'm, is that why I'm getting all the spam phone calls wanting to buy my house? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to save you, right? <laughs> that's, that's how they're marketing yeah, right. to you. You know, no stress. You don't have to worry. You don't have to stage your home. I'll give you top dollar. It'll be, be, be a lot of stress when I'm, when I'm living on the street and when mm-hmm. there'll be that stress because – Exactly. If I sell my home, I got to live somewhere. Well, this is this is all very interesting, and it, it's one more thing, Katrina, in the little bit of time we have left up, where left uh, here in the show, where we are economically heading in a direction that's not good. Right. It is concerning, you know. I think also with the increase in gas prices, education, and just food in general, it's become very difficult for the American people. And I think now also, you know. It's just there's just so many different aspects, and I don't and I don't believe in inflicting fear in the American people, you know, because you turn on the news and that's all you see. But I think it's important to know what's going on so that you can prepare accordingly. Well, it's a, that's a that's a very interesting thing you brought up because my my mom and dad, my dad was a was a salesman. He sold for a for a, a carpet company, he sold to furniture retailers and. and and uh, floor covering retailers. He made a middle-class living, but at the end of his life, after working hard, he had a home he'd paid for, and he there was he had built up quite a bit of equity in the world. And mm-hmm. when when my parents were gone, there was a pile of equity that had been earned, and it you know it and it was something that I rolled over into my life, and that's how the country has gotten great. I hate what you're telling me because I don't I don't think it's healthy. Got about ten seconds. Exactly what you said. Your parents are the epitome of the American dream, and you're living it now. You're continuing on. So let's keep the faith and hope that something will turn around here. Katrina Campins from the Fox Business Network to wrap it up here on Fox Across America. As Jimmy would say, that's the end of the program. Pay up, get out. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.